This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From the Fox News Podcast Network, I'm Dana Perino, and everything will be okay. And welcome back to another episode of Everything Will Be Okay. This week, I'm joined by one of my favorite and lovely Fox co-workers whose intentional career and life pivots have paved the way for a life she absolutely loves. Kennedy is the host of Kennedy on Fox Business and the Kennedy Saves the World podcast, where her vibrant and poignant commentary on news and pop culture has cultivated a very loyal audience. In addition to being a strong voice in media, Kennedy is also a woman whose career and life is an example to not only young women, but also people everywhere to go after their dreams with intention and drive. Kennedy, we spoke a year ago when Everything Will Be Okay first came out and I feel like I can remember almost everything that you said in the interview on the podcast because everything mattered so much. Like what you say makes so much sense to me. And I think that I want to share one thing with people before we jump in here to talk about our topic for today. I'm, I sent a note to Kennedy with a few of the questions that I, I was thinking about. And when you wrote back, you said, I will be both philosophical and practical. And it made me wonder about what kind of advice people are actually wanting today? And I, maybe it is a mix of both, but I think the philosophy to me, like right now, there's not a lot of time for that in your careers, right? Like people are, it's like too esoteric. Like you can come to Everything Will Be Okay podcast and you can hear from Kennedy herself exactly what she's thinking, both philosophically, but also practically. I thought that your advice was, just spot on for people. And now here we are a year later, emerging from the pandemic, and we've had this great resignation, and now perhaps the great reconnection, maybe, hopefully. And where do you think we are a year after we first spoke in 2020? It's yeah, me. so I, I can't believe it's been a year. That's so amazing to me. And it's almost like we've completely written off 2020 and 2021. Like people go, oh, a few months ago, referring to something that happened in 2019 when there was kinetic energy and so much of it was potential in 2020 and 2021. And, you know, typically the, the kind of people who seek out your advice, they feel a little lost. You know, it's like you, you kind of enter into this existential crisis when you leave college and you embark mm -hmm. on your career. Um, but people found themselves in the pandemic in that age group by and large because they untethered from other people's expectations and, you know, got to do if they engaged in it, a personal reset. And you only get to do that a few times in your life. And so what's happened is people who were in traditional careers um, set in 
geographic areas they thought they would always be and sort of now look to these younger generations and go, that's actually a really interesting idea. Why can't I work from somewhere else? You know, my best friend has lived in the Pacific Northwest her whole life and and she and her husband just sold their house and they bought a place in Tennessee. It's a totally different part of the country. Uh, They're not retiring. They, They get to have their business and, you know, connect with a totally different part of the United States. And, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people and they've also, unlike inflation, which is not transitory, people acknowledge that it was a transitory time. And they knew that, you know, this may be the only shot we have to sell our stuff, get a sprinter van and, you know, go have some interesting adventures. And, I love that spirit. You know, I love the idea of adventure and even connecting with nature in ways that people were forced to do because you had to get out of cities. You had to get out of close proximity. And so you went to the beach, you went hiking, you went to the mountains, you went to your family's cabin, you know, the the remote cabin and made it your home for a little while. So in, in that sense, they have found themselves. So the question is for a lot of people, do I go back to that traditional way of life? And it's it's amazing. I have a friend. uh, She used to work here. uh, Our producer, Jennifer Williams. So she fell in love. She moved to California. And uh, she and her fiancé, actually now husband... You're right. Like two years go by. I'm like, wait, did they got married? But when was that? That was just about that was last September. So now she's married. But during that first summer of the pandemic, they got uh, one of those vans. It was all kitted out. And they had two uh, dogs in training. Um companion dogs that they were training and they went all over the country their Instagram made me so jealous I had complete and total FOMO because even though we could work from home we had to be in a stationary place and thankfully Fox figured out a way for us to be able to work no matter what which I am so grateful for but I think back on that I'm like gosh that is one of those things where like when I was a kid I always wanted to be the college student that got to go with the Eurorail pass but I didn't do that. I actually was able to do that later on after I met Peter, and I got to see a lot of the world um, through with him, and that was amazing. But you're right; there was this opportunity to rethink, to reset. And the best thing that happened to me was that the calendar was cleared. I had become so overscheduled. I had a dinner every night. If you live in New York City, there's endless things that you get to do and every invitation sounds so cool do you want to go to this musical how about this a sneak peek of this oh there's a lecture that i wanted to see and it was just all too much and all of a sudden it was over and i couldn't do anything and i actually reconnected and i'm trying now to be good about saying no but i'm also really excited about being back and being reconnected and seeing more people at the office and there is something that's actually happening now where you see kennedy there's a and uh, resurgence of entrepreneurs. The number of s- small business applications uh, is up, I think it's at a record. So that's kind of interesting too to see how that experiment plays out. That's actually great news because, you know, one of the big worries during the pandemic was so many businesses closed, so many restaurants closed, so many uh, small businesses shuttered for good. But that energy and that spirit, that doesn't die. That definitely goes somewhere. But also, if if you're stuck in an apartment or a house for months and months and months, you have time to think about, you know, what does the world really need? And, you know, necessity is is the mother of Mm -hmm. invention. And people... Uh, you know, they, they they got to sit around and ponder things in ways that you wouldn't. You know, it's like I reorganized my house thanks to Marie Kondo. Oh, yeah, know? I love Marie. 
I made ja- I made well Jasper before he passed away, and now also Percy. I ha- I made Percy Marie Kondo his toy box. Percy's a dog. For those of you who have not been uh, following along, Percy's a great dog. He's a great dog. He's a great dog. Um, so the entrepreneurial thing is great. There was also something interesting about. For many years, you had women in the workplace saying that they were asking for some more flexibility, some ability to possibly work from home a day or two a week. And there was a lot of resistance to that from employers, because if you allow one person to do that, then maybe others are going to want to do that. What about productivity? How do you keep a corporate culture going and all that? And then we had this forced experiment. And it turns out that for the most part, yeah, people could get their work done. And so this hybrid model of coming back to the work. Uh, the workplace two or three days a week. How do you think that's going to work? I actually, I, I think that's good because um, they found, and we found that here at Fox, that people were still more productive when they were home. You know, they, they weren't just checking out and watching Tiger King for months at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they were doing their tasks. They wanted to be engaged. People, by and large, they want to work. They want to be productive. And, you know, but they also want to be part of a team. And so it can be the best of both worlds, depending on what you do. And we have that on our show. We had people tagging in and out when we had social distancing in the office. Office and we couldn't have our whole team here at the same time. But what what it did, and you know, I realized from a management perspective, you know, this idea of us against the world, it's it's really bonding, you know, and it's it's helpful because when there's only a few of you there, you have to catch when someone's spinning plate falls. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be there and you have to also trust people. And when there are fewer people around you, everyone's input matters and you know everyone has a role to play that maybe is bigger than their job description you know maybe they had no idea that they were going to be doing they were going to be tasked with uh these new items but uh, you know looking around here people really knocked it out of the park and it's interesting because people are a little bit wistful for that you know the the smaller team like there's just a few of us here uh, but we're we're holding it down like mm-hmm. we're making a difference and we're surviving and then when everyone came back to the office you're like oh i don't need to see all you i want to go back to being a shut in <laughs> what do you think um young people should do if they want to come back to an office but that's not going to be an option I know of one young woman who made a decision to leave her employer um, because she was basically told, yeah, um, we're not bringing people back to the office. We are going to be a remote only operation. And she's in her mid 20s and she's never had a chance to work in an office because she came out of college right as the pandemic was happening. So she decided to leave to go to a place that is going to allow her to be in the office a couple of days a week and see other people. Well, you have to ask yourself, what kind of person am I? Am I the kind of person, because one of these is going to be your version of hell. Am I the kind of person who wants to sit on a mountaintop and work at a telescope by myself in the middle of the night and look at the heavens as an astronomer? Or do I want to work as a greeter at Walmart and meet all sorts of new people and hear their stories? You know, because if you're the astronomer type, that's great. You should work from home. You'll be productive. You'll be happy. You'll have your systems and your space, and you will probably thrive. If you're the kind of person who 
likes to high five other people and you want to tell inside jokes and, and you want to get to learn people's stories, don't go for that even if you think, and, and this is what I think is so important about the basis of your advice, is don't take something just for the money. You know, because you're going to be letting someone down if it's a short-term proposition for you when you find out the hard way that you really do need to be around other people. But, you know, the job market right now, there's enough out there that, that you can find something that's a better fit for you. And then once you get in and you start working with people, you can make it a better fit for yourself and for other people at the same time. We'll be right back with more of this interview right after this. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. So you're raising two girls, and um, it's been great to be friends with you for so long because I, I knew them when they were little ones, and now they are teens and preteens? They're teens. They're teens. And they're both taller than you. I'm sure they which are. Is, which is unreal. I was just thinking the other day when I was going Marie condoing my own closet, wondering if any either of them needed a dress or two. We should talk about that offline. You can let me know. Um, I think still, even with, whether they're teens or whether they're um, older, how do you help people think through that big question of, I don't know what I want to do. You let them know that that question never really answers itself. And that's okay. Because what you want to do now may be totally different than what you want to do 10 years from now. And, you know, I, I got a different perspective. I went to college late. I didn't start college until I'd already had two careers in radio and TV. And so I started college uh, at 28. So I was 10 years older than the average person mm-hmm. who was entering at the same time. And for me, it was a luxurious experience where I got to sit around and read things that I wanted to read and engage with professors and really just think about stuff. This is when you were you were pregnant with the philosophy class? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I went through that whole experience and butting up against late adolescent anxiety was so funny for me <laughs> because I wanted to let them all know, like, hey, if you don't want to be here don't don't go to college now. Like, don't waste this time and energy that you've got right now because it is finite. Uh, but also the things that you're worried about, like especially in your early 20s, they never really manifest in the way you think they're going to. And like your failures are never quite as bad. And if anything, they're sharp and bumpy and you don't want to brush up against them again. So you find ways not to fail in the same way. Mm-hmm. But you never really know what you want to do. And all you have to do is talk to someone who's really, really successful at, in a profession that you think would be ideal. You know, I've got a friend who's a brain surgeon and he was like, oh, you know, SML, this is just, oh, it's people always want to talk about their bowel habits and I'm a brain surgeon. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> and I've got another friend who's a corporate lawyer and calls it the golden handcuffs. And he would love to be a kayak instructor. But you don't have that luxury. But even if you land where you think you want to and success manifests around you, you still may not be happy. And, you know, happiness is not cultivated necessarily by flexing or a profession or someone else's idea of it that they project onto you. It's a practice and it's something you have to go back to. It's like yoga or any any other hard physical discipline. You have to go back to it constantly every day for the rest of your life. I don't think I know the story of how you ended up back to New York because that was quite a life transition. 
Yes. So I and you know it's like anyone who's a flight attendant. I actually talked to a lot of flight attendants when I was traveling back and forth. Um, I was trying to have it all: keep my kids in the sun in California, in good charter schools, and trying to build a, a TV career again um, in news, not in music, not in pop culture. Uh, in and that in and of itself was a perceptual struggle. You know, taking myself seriously. It, taking the work seriously and then eventually other people take you seriously but have fun at the same time and it was it, anyone who's been in a long-term relationship knows it's only tenable for so long you can't maintain it for more than two years and that's that's really the timeline that I've found based on my experience and so it was two years of going back and forth every week so flying out on the red eye Sunday night coming straight to work usually doing outnumbered on Monday morning and you know working until Wednesday night and then I would fly back on the last flight Wednesday night and then Thursday morning through Sunday I would try and do everything you know all the shopping all the laundry and you know it it creates an imbalance so it was best to move to New York and now I've got two New Yorker children and I've suggested to them maybe we move to Tennessee maybe we move to Florida maybe Fox will let me do my show from somewhere else and they're like absolutely not (laughs) no we are staying here so well I love that um and I love your I don't have children of my own so I feel like I live vicariously through others and I love the stories of um how you figure out a way that to handle that balance now because they're teenagers. You've got a busy and important job, but you also work a little bit of different hours than than some than most, right? So you get home after eight o'clock, yes, because your show is seven to eight. Yeah, but you know, it's like like anyone else who's worked at night, and you always like. Aristotle always said, seek the counsel of the wise and the many. So always go to the smartest people, you know, and go to the people who have the same experience as you and try and find as many of them as possible. And you will you will find uh, some common denominators in all of that. And that's why I talked to flight attendants about flying back and forth every week, because I would ask them because they were pretty much on the same schedule. Like, how do you do it? How do you balance things? And, you know, it's like you never really do. That's the secret. Like, you never get anything done. That's the truth. It's never perfect. It's never enough. Nope. It's never enough for you or for other people. And you have to try your best to forgive yourself and just do the best you can. My favorite piece of advice that I got uh, through the course of writing Everything Will Be Okay was from Megan O'Sullivan, who worked at the Bush White House at the National Security Council and for five years. And she talked about how she missed birthdays and holidays and just was just thrown into her work so much. But that the way she looks at it is that she knew that that was a finite opportunity. And now she is at Harvard. She's an author. She's a mother of two. And I can't remember the other things that she, well, I guess she teaches as well, uh, in addition to the books that she writes. And she says she has a great balance now. She said, so one way to think about it is balance over the course of your life, not just in the immediate Time frame, yeah, and I, have. I remember reading that, and and that really struck me because we we've gotten so addicted to the short game and like you know getting what we need now, getting that feeling now. We think everything should be Amazon Prime. Absolutely, yeah, that's that's a great way of putting it. It's like whatever we want, we want it right now. That's why no one wants a world war because we want our conveniences and we forget about the long game. You know, we we forget about you know. Uh, kindness is cumulative 
and you gotta you gotta let that build up. You have to let that trust build up with with people around you. And you know sometimes you fall short, and then you just have to go back and mm-hmm. keep doing your very best to move forward positively. In you know, and think of that positivity in you know a, a long term arc, right? that will bend in your favor. Yes, I think that's right. Um, In the time we have remaining, I did want to ask you a little bit more about for your advice on social media. I don't know if it's changed at all. I, in particular, wanted to ask you about social media when it comes to younger girls in particular, younger women who are entering the workforce or are new in the workforce, and you've got this Instagram game. Mm Mm-hmm. Or Facebook, or look, don't worry, Gen X is not on TikTok. We can't figure it out. Uh, I don't know where to find you on there, but HR probably does. Um, It is my opinion that not being on these sites in in a real prolific way will not hurt you in your career. But I don't think that they think that way. No, because they're, you know, it's like FOMO is such an overwhelming force it really is and um you know it's scary because you can try and police your kids social media as much as you want but they know it's so much better than we do and there's so many workarounds uh i always and i'm at the age where i've got a junior in high school and i tell her constantly do not put things on social media because she's thinking about colleges right now Mm -hmm. and you know I, i tell her and every parent is having the same conversation with their kids like colleges the first thing they do is look at your social media sure you will present this rosy picture you did volunteer work you created an organization you have impeccable grades and phenomenal test scores you know but you've also got a raging alcohol problem or or something (laughs) like that they will see they will find and that is as much of a factor when they determine who they're going to let in the school because you can't unsee it no, and you can't, it doesn't go away. And they, they have the sense, especially with Snapchat, that things are momentary, but they're not. Like, all it takes is one person to, you know, capture an image of what you've said or what you've done, and it is there. And, you know, it's like, just look at And do you think that goes even for people in their 20s and 30s then? Yes, absolutely. You know, because adolescence has been extended in our culture for a variety of reasons. And so people, you know, they, they want to live an ideal life. And they want everyone to know about it. Like they want to give other people the same feeling that they get from influencers and accounts that they go to constantly. It's funny you mentioned FOMO. I had to unfollow a couple of people who were like, Always on vacation. And I was, I was like, I can't. I can't. I can't know about all these this great vacation. I don't know why. It was just like, I can't go anywhere right now. Like, this is where we are. The, the, the new cycle is what it is. And I love my job. And my, I have a few friends that are in a position where they can go on two or three week vacations at a time. They're like, you and Peter should come. I'm like, really? Do you not understand my life? And then you can get mad about it. So I decided like the best thing for me to do was to just unfollow or mute whatever you do to make sure people wouldn't be upset. Yeah. And, and you have to because are those people independently wealthy? That's a thing that I don't understand. Like they're just you can leave your life like that does not occur to me that you could leave your life for two or three weeks yeah. at a time. But also I kind of I think I would get bored. I'm not the kind of person that needs to be in. One I love place a for- four day weekend. Amen. I'm by the because on the fourth day I'm like all right let's go 
Got to get back to work. And it's perfect because you get a sense of where you are. You have interesting dinners. You have a short list of things you want to check off. Everything else is a bonus. I love a four-day weekend. I also think that people, well, this is not, they don't underestimate it, but the importance of how you as an individual have personal responsibility for your health and your well-being, like in terms of taking care of yourself. I don't mean like if you have some sort of, if you have a disease or you have an accident, I'm not meaning that, but in terms of getting good sleep, trying to eat nutritiously, trying to be smart about you know walking where you can and having getting a little bit of exercise, like that's a personal responsibility and you get a choice every day as to how you're going to try to figure out a way to stay healthy. The sleep thing is so important. And now that I work those early mornings, I, I get FOMO at night at 8.45 when I realize I got to shut it down in 15 minutes. And Peter and Percy are going to be up for another hour and a half. You know, sometimes I get a little bit of FOMO, but then I also love to go to bed. No, oh, I love sleeping. <laughs> oh, it's the best thing in the world. And it's like, I know I'm getting old because like, I love my sleep number bed. <laughs> I just love it. What number do you have it on? Uh, mine is on 45. Okay. I don't know. What's the numbers? What's I the need, range? Uh, zero to 100. Oh, okay. So 100 is really firm. <laughs> okay. So, so I like 45. a little bit of squish. <laughs> You know, a little little cradle for the for the onion. Yeah, I hear you. I hear. Is there anything that you wish young people could hear that they don't hear enough of? Like, is there anything that you wish that? Like, Gosh, I wish they could tell all these young women and men too, if they listen to the podcast, something that you think they need to hear. Do what makes you happy and dress for yourself. Do not dress for other people. Ooh. I say this as a woman who's wearing a red, black, and white swirly caftan and hot pink clogs because clearly I'm not dressing for anyone else. <laughs> You're the best. Kennedy, you really, really are the best. I love your show when I have a chance to see it. I think oh, it's so you. good. You know, it's got a great pace. The content's amazing. The commentary is great. And it's got a lift, right? You have a little bit of a lift that makes people... It makes people feel better. Oh, that makes me happy. Yeah, I just in, you know, I think that's why I like your book so much because be good to other people. Like, be good to each other. Have a good time. You can have disagreements, but there is so much importance in play and we don't do that enough. Yeah. Like, we don't just have a good time. And and I think that's critical to be fully functioning. And also people. remember this, especially as we we're watching what's happening overseas, that if you are an American-born, educated person, then all you have to decide is how hard do you want to work and what do you want to do? That is beautifully said. So if you have that, then you have an obligation to yourself. Like you get to make a lot of choices every day. I understand that some like life happens, things happen. But the thing is, like when you think that life is just one darn thing after another, that's that's actually true. That's life. And just when you think things are smooth sailing, something else is going to come up. So just anticipate that. Build up your resilience and just keep in mind that there are billions of people around the world who would do anything to have been born in America and to get an education. Amen. Amen. Ever since I talked to Kennedy, I keep thinking about how I should wear what I want to wear, but I'm not sure I'm going to be able to wear jeans on the set every day. I might give it a shot, though. Make sure you subscribe to this series wherever you download podcasts and leave a rating and review. I'm Dana Perino, and everything will be okay.
This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.